Welcome to Guilty as Charged, with the stories, episode 5. The following two stories are from the subreddit, Today I Fucked Up. Story 1, posted by username, F7TJ78. Today I fucked up by taking LSD and pretending to be French for 10 months. So this was more of a fuck up that happened quite a while ago which only just caught up to me a few weeks ago, so also not today. About 11 months ago, I moved into a new house as a temporary sort of thing, until I could get the money together to sort something out properly, I was hoping to have already moved out by this point. On my second day after I'd finished unpacking I decided to break the house in with a nice acid trip, I'd brought some with me that I'd recently bought but, not had the chance to use yet. Things were going well with the trip but then it seemed to be getting really intense, and I quickly realized that the tabs were much stronger than I had been told they were, and I thought being locked up in the unfamiliar house wasn't helping me relax. So I figured the best thing to do to relax would be to go for a stroll, because I was starting to get pretty overwhelmed at that point. I left the house to start my walk and my next door neighbor happened to be just arriving at the same time. It's a street of tightly packed terraced houses so next door's door is about one meter away from mine. I'd not met anybody on my street yet and didn't realize this was a friendly, tight-knit community where people talk to each other. She said something along the lines of, Hello nice to meet you, my name is, insert neighbor's name, are you new to the area? So basically, I do this thing sometimes when people try to sell me things on the street, etc. where I pretend I can't speak English. I remember a few words from my GCSE French so I just say some nonsense sentences and then people usually leave me alone. In the state I was in, this conversation seemed like it would be way too intense for me and French just sort of came to me as my default response to the situation. My exact words were, Javadreus on Boulangery, one of my favorite lines to use, and I shrugged my shoulders a bit with a weak smile. She pretty much just left me to it after that and I got on my way. I did my walk and got home about two hours later, I was tripping majorly so the walk ended up taking a lot longer than it needed to. When I got home though, my next door neighbor was standing in her doorway talking to another neighbor who was outside. I tried to keep my head down because I couldn't handle any more human interaction, but she waved at me and said bonjour, so I instinctively returned the bonjour and got inside my house as fast as possible. When I got in, I started freaking out straight away because I realized that I'd just become French and now two of the neighbors think I can't speak any English. The next day when I woke up, I realized the best thing I could do, as an Englishman, was just live with the life for the rest of my short stay in this house, and avoid the excruciating embarrassment of having pretended to be French for seemingly no reason. Fast forward 10 months, I still live here, and at this point I'm in deep. My life on this street is a web of lies. I've perfected my French accent, and over the course of 10 months, French me has learned a decent amount of English so he can hold disjointed conversation. I'd gotten to know the neighbors pretty well, and I was the nice quirky French guy on the street. I didn't let the lie slip ever, because every day, and every conversation I had, just meant that it would be even worse if anyone ever discovered I wasn't French. If I had friends come over, I don't have many so it wasn't too bad, they knew to never speak to the neighbors because of my strange situation. Most of them found it amusing, at least. Things were going okay, and I wasn't too worried about being exposed anymore, because I'd gotten so used to it. I'm not home that much, and when I am, I rarely leave the house for any reason, so I only had to do it for maybe 5 minutes a day when I was out on my street.
if anything it was a nice way to spice up my day when I got to take on my French persona. French me somehow had much better social skills than the real me, even if his English was a bit limited. But then there was the day it all came crashing down. I was walking to my car, and saw one of the neighbors coming towards me from the opposite direction with someone else next to her I didn't recognize. She stopped to say hi, as she normally does, and then she says to her friend, this is the guy I was telling you about. You might be able to see where this is going. Her friend hits me with a question in French that I didn't understand a word of, and I knew he was actually French straight away because his accent was way better than mine. I didn't know what to do and I just froze. Every second that went past just made it so much more painful, and after way too long of a pause, I just decided I had to come clean. I told her I wasn't actually French, couldn't speak French, and then I tried to play it off like some kind of practical joke I'd been doing on everyone. Nobody was buying that. I fast walked straight to my car, and then let the embarrassment just swallow me for a while. I haven't spoken to any of my neighbors since, some of which I'd struck up a friendly relationship with over those 10 months. I make sure nobody is around now whenever I leave the house, and I do a loop around the block in my car if any of my neighbors are walking down the street when I get home, so that I never come into contact with them. Every time I think about the day I was discovered, the embarrassment physically hurts me. Story 2. Posted by username, DRMC Sinister. Today I fucked up by stuffing my face with edibles before dinner with my wife's parents. Recently, I traveled to Denver, Colorado with my wife and my wife's parents. As a resident of a non-legalized state, and as someone who is too much of a pussy to regularly buy illegal drugs, the thing I was looking forward to most, was the chance to buy fancy legal weed. What could possibly go wrong? So the first thing I do upon arriving, and after successfully ditching the in-laws, is drag my wife to a nearby dispensary for a shopping spree. And oh my god, it was just like in my dreams. Tons of different options in neat little sample jars, and a team of helpful stoners walking me through the various strains. Are you looking for a mellow body high? Or do you want something that gives you a bit more pep and energy? Or are you just hoping for something light to take the stress off? Yes, yes, and yes. I reply eagerly, like a fat kid in a candy store, and request an eighth ounce of about seven different options. In hindsight, if I learned anything from this experience, it is that my math and science teachers never taught me basic information, like what is an ounce. Or how much weed can a person consume in a single weekend. Sure, I can tell you when two speeding trains leaving separate stations will collide, or recite Avogadro's number, but it turns out that none of that information is particularly relevant to getting high in a responsible and efficient manner. And it was at this dispensary that I also learned that you can't actually smoke in public places, including the hotel that my wife and I were staying at. As a result, before leaving, I begged my wife to buy some edibles that I could munch on until we found a place to properly get lit. After expressing shock as to the absurd volume of drugs that we were buying, unlike me, she is the product of private school and understands the imperial measurement system, she relents, and we walk out of the store with what felt like a dump truck of weed, plus a small package of seemingly innocuous ginger snap cookies. When we finally get back to the hotel room, I tear those bad boys open, only to find about a dozen tiny cookies roughly the size of a quarter. What the fuck Denver? Seeing the skepticism, and hunger, in my eyes, my wife warns me that I should go easy and look at the back of the package first before trying one. Dose size, one half cookie, I read silently as I start taking microbites from the edges, like a giant chinchilla gnawing on a sunflower seed. But what kind of a savage only eats half a cookie? 
so a second later, I secretly pop the remainder into my mouth. And then I quickly stuff another two cookies in my mouth for good measure the moment my wife turns her back. We may not have legal weed back home, but I routinely devour an entire package of Milanos in one sitting without breaking a sweat. Your move tiny ginger snaps. About 30 minutes later we are in the back seat of her parents' rental car on the way to dinner. And that's when things start to go tits up. My stomach growls. Loudly and angrily. My wife looks at me with inquisitive eyes that seem to say, diarrhea. But I merely clutch my tummy and mumble something about altitude sickness. You didn't eat a whole cookie, did you? She asks, 10% in genuine concern and 90% in seething irritation. Of course not. I respond, avoiding eye contact for the remainder of the car ride. A few minutes later we are climbing out of her parents' rental car and heading into some trendy farm-to-table restaurant. I don't remember how I made it to my seat, and I don't remember even looking at the menu, but I do remember the concerned look on the waiter's face as he asked me if I was doing all right. Keep it together man, I say to myself. But my wife's sudden groan suggests that I may have also said that to the waiter. Things are going downhill fast. The waiter nods sympathetically, takes our orders, and then heads to the next table. The moment he walks away, my wife is staring daggers at me. I start to worry that the jig is up. You are sweating, from your entire face, she says with both pity and disgust. Not quite knowing what to do, I reach for my napkin and proceed to blot my cheeks, nose, neck, chin, and forehead. At this point, my wife's mom looks over at me with some concern. Are you alright? She asks kindly. Yeah, the food's just a bit spicy, I reply far too quick to realize that we had literally just ordered and that there is nothing on the table except for a basket of dinner rolls. My wife kicks me under the table to grab my attention. Bathroom. Now. She hisses. Get it together. I reluctantly get up from the table and head for the toilet. After splashing several handfuls of water on my face, I approach a urinal and start to pee. Now. One of the more disconcerting effects of those tiny ginger snap monsters is the feeling that time has become untethered from reality. As I am peeing, I start to get the very unsettling feeling that I have been taking a piss for the better part of an hour and that my wife must be pacing around the restaurant worried about me. But deep down I know that is absurd, I've been peeing all my life, sometimes multiple times a day. I've probably taken more than 50,000 leaks, and it usually only takes about a minute at most. So given that my typical pee is no more than 60 seconds and given that it feels like I am about halfway done, that means that I've probably only been standing here about 30 seconds, right? But the guy at the urinal next to me doesn't respond, and instead starts shuffling away from me midstream, like a startled penguin. I try, albeit unsuccessfully, to break eye contact. After finally finishing, I again splash some water on my face and return to my seat, making sure to apologize to the table for being gone such a long time, just in case my math was off. Next, I try briefly to engage in small talk with my wife's father, but I am far too high to understand what either of us are saying. Not wanting to start laughing uncontrollably at the wrong moment or, really, at any moment, I figure the safest idea is to nod my head periodically and drink a ton of water. Nothing cures mental fatigue like water, right? To my wife's horror, I stand up, grab my water glass and thrust it out to the waiter, who unfortunately is on the opposite side of the restaurant. But he turns out to be really cool, and after making his way over to our table, tells me that he'll do his best to keep me stocked with ice water for the rest of the meal. He also helpfully suggests that if the dinner rolls aren't too spicy for me, 
I should probably eat one or two so that I'm not sitting there on an empty stomach. Smart man. However, after going through all of the bread on the table and three glasses of water, I start to get worried that I need actual food to offset the growing paranoia from those tiny ginger snap devils. Do you think I should flag down the waiter again and ask what's taking so long? I suggest helpfully to my wife. What? We literally just ordered three fucking minutes ago. And at that exchange, my wife loses her cool. How many cookies did you eat? She demands. Whoa, easy there, Torquemada, I respond, somewhat horrified at her outburst. I had a few cookies, but keep it down. I don't want your parents to know how fucked up I am right now. Really? They are sitting two feet away from you. They know. I look up and for the first time notice both of my in-laws just staring at me, for what literally felt like an eternity. This concludes episode 5. Please subscribe and share, and if you have any stories of your own you would like told on the podcast, email them to gacpodcast at yandex.com.